want to go back to something that I started ministering on last time I was here. And so, uh, and that was, we, we started, we, we, we call it, I guess, uh, someone's anointed to help you. <laughs> and so we want to get back to that. We want to go, first of all, to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. 1 Corinthians 12, verse number 1. And uh, if you have your Bible, I encourage you to turn to these verses. Sometimes I'll, I'll be kind of going fast uh, in the first part of this because uh, we are going to be recapping a few things we shared a few weeks ago. But uh, so if I go a little fast, you can just be aware you can go back online and you can listen to that and get a refresher on that. And I just want to kind of get everybody together on the same page again before we go on. But first Corinthians 12, it says in verse 1 that now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, he said, I do not want you to be in Concerning spiritual gifts, uh, you can see quickly if you have a Bible that uh, shows you the added words in italics, you can see quickly that the word gift is italicized. Many of you know what that means. That means sponsored, added, to help us understand most of the time. But sometimes, like in this case, it is a bit misleading, not completely misleading, but it is just a little bit misleading, because the chapter talks about much more than spiritual gifts. Uh, it talks about spiritual gifts, all right. But um, literally, the Greek says concerning spiritual plural. I don't want you, I would not have you to be ignorant. Concerning spiritual, that's an unusual way to say it. But it means things that pertain to the Holy Spirit or matters of the Holy Spirit, things that pertain to the Holy Ghost. And so he said he doesn't want us ignorant. Well, that means we should be teaching as ministers on these things because the cure for ignorance doesn't mean what sometimes it means today. Ignorance just means lack of knowledge. And so the cure for lack of knowledge is good sound Bible teaching on these things. So, we're going to spend some time doing some teaching on this. Uh, if you read through the chapter, this verse number, uh, the first, you know, starting around verse number four, uh, it talks about diversity of gifts. That's spiritual gifts. And he lists those starting in verse number seven. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And he lists nine manifestations of the Spirit. Three categories of three. One category is the utterance gifts. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. And by the way, these have not been done away with. It's still in the study. Amen. Uh, but then another category is Revelation gifts, three of those word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. We, we won't take time to, to define them today, and we have to find for that. But the third category is the power gifts, we call them. And that is word of, I mean, excuse me, the uh, power gifts are working on miracles, gifts of healings, and special effects. Praise God. I don't know, I, it doesn't matter to me if God's saying something, revealing something, or doing something, I want it. <laughs> but that's what those, those three categories do. They say something, they reveal something, or they do something. So, but then he doesn't stop there. He goes on and says in verse 4, there are diversities of administration. That Greek word is translated also in the New Testament, ministers. And if you go over to the verse number 27, in verse number 27, he begins to list the ministries, or some of the ministries, set in the church. It's also listed in Ephesians chapter number 4, verse number 11, where he says, God has set some of the church apostles, first apostles, apostles, then prophets, then evangelists, then 
there are Believer has the anointing within them. Say this out loud. I am anointed 
with the greater one who lives in me. You are study what he'll do in you. He'll teach you. He'll guide you. He'll bring all things to your remembrance. He'll comfort you. He'll counsel you. He'll give you unction in prayer. It's just stunning. Whew, what we're able to do without the Holy Ghost. Some people come up after services and they talk about how much of a blessing the service was. And I say, pray. Every time I say, praise God. I don't say, well, that was that. I studied the mystery verse and did not all. Dear God, they don't know half the things I said. I went back and wrote it down after the service because I thought they were good too. Never thought of them in my life. Praise God. But that's the anointing. Amen. So there's anointing in every believer. And then every, every, every believer should be. And God prays for them to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. That's that one day you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, 1 John 2 27 is the anointing in you. So there's the anointing within you, there's the anointing upon you. Any believer, every believer should be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, I got that back there in that number a number of years ago, but I didn't speak the tongue. Well, you could have. Every believer could have if they yield to it, because that's not a unique thing just for a few. Well, I could have proved that if I had time, but I don't have time to go to what God said here this morning. So, but, uh, but these ministries then are uh, something that is, that is on certain ones that God called. Don't you notice that there in Ephesians chapter number five? I don't know if there are four. I don't know if you went there. Uh, but I'll just mention it as we go. In Ephesians chapter number four, we uh, commonly start in verse number 11. But he gave some, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. As I say, that means some means some. We're revelating now, aren't we? But first Corinthians chapter number 12 says the same thing. When you read starting in verse number 28, he says, And God has set some, some in the church. Not everybody, but some. First apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, then the miracles, and gifts of healing. I believe miracles, gifts of healing, and evangelist office. That's how you can help. Government, I think government is the pastoral office, diversity of tongues, and so forth. So, now people see diversity of tongues, they say, well, that's only for some. But he's not listing the uh, blessings available to all believers here today. He's not listing the blessings available to all believers in ministry. Everybody calls that. I would that you all spoke with God. Why did he say that if it wasn't for all? Here's for us. But that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about a ministry of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Not everybody has that ministry. Everybody can speak with tongues. Everybody can edify themselves. Everybody can pray on mysteries in tongues. Everybody should be doing that. I mean, if it's for one, it's for all. But, but the public use of it is not for all. You can actually use to edify yourself in your own personal devotional tongues and get uh, answered by just praying out your own something that God has for your own life. Amen. But that's different than a public ministry of tongues and interpretation tongues. I could just think I'm on that week, and we will at some point. But I'm simply saying that uh, not all that, uh, that have the Holy Ghost within, I mean, not, not, yet. not all that have the Holy Ghost within, not all that are baptized in the Holy Ghost stand in these fivefold ministry office. You understand? That, that's, that's only for some. That, that's not something somebody said, well, I really wish I had that. Well, if you're not called to it, be glad about it, because he knew what came against it, he'd just be glad you're not. <laughs> Amen. Just bloom where you're planted. Just do whatever God tells you to do. If you're not, you're not. Don't try to be something you're not. Amen. Get you get in trouble. But Romans 11, verse number 13, Paul said, uh, he said, I am the apostle to the Gentiles. I magnify my office. 
I magnify my office. Talking about apostles. Uh, and he said, he said, I lay great stress on my ministry and I magnified my office. In other words, he told the people uh, what God had anointed him to do and what that anointing would do for their lives. Now, that's not magnifying. There's a difference between magnifying the office and magnifying might. It's wrong to magnify the You understand? That's, that, that, that's not scriptural. But magnifying the office is scriptural. Paul did it, and actually Jesus did it. He stood up and looked forth and stared the Lord's body and he's gnawing and here's what it'll do for you. Here's what it'll do for you. And so it's scriptural to do that. And we, we need to understand that and we need to care about that last time we were preaching back there. And so we need to know what is in the office. Because the Bible says if you receive the prophet's name, the prophet's name, the prophet's reward. Well, that's just one of the offices today. There's five of them in the church today. Same thing true about the pastor. Same thing true about the teacher, the apostle. If you receive one in that office, you get the reward that is in that office. What is the reward in that office? It's that anointing working on your head. Whatever they're equipped with. Because each ministry set in the church is not just there in name, it's in the church in power. There's something that you couldn't have to do so long I mean, I'm not this or that or whatever because I put that on my name card and set it on my desk. Amen. You can put you can put any label on the table that doesn't put anything in the picture. You still not be able to be good. Just because you put a label on it and say, they do, doesn't mean that they do, didn't they? So just because somebody calls themselves something, doesn't make them something. What makes them that is whether there's any power, whether God's anointed them to stand in the Now, if God didn't anoint them, they didn't. That means they might say they are, but the end of that power doesn't flow. That, that, that thing that God puts them with doesn't flow. Amen. All right. Go over to uh, Amen. So uh, I magnify my office. So let's go down here now to Ephesians. Uh, think about you want to turn there. Ephesians 4, verse 11. He gave some. And so God calls men or women. I personally believe in women in the ministry. I mean, if God's calling, God's anointed them, then then come from. And that's scriptural. We see it in the Bible. See it in the New Testament. For God forgot to, forgot to tell Deborah in the Old Testament that she was afraid. Forgot that Deborah was a, 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 a woman and he wanted her to send her out to the prophet. And then you see that in the New Testament. You know, I say, poor God, I'm just joking. You understand. But so, no, God uses them. And then the Bible says, your young men will prophesy and your young women will see dreams and young men will see dreams. And upon my servants and upon my handmaidens, I'll pour out of my spirit. And they are the women. Praise God for the women. That's really weak. I should have said, Ah, All right. So God calls for these offices, and He anoints people to stand in these offices, and He sets ministries in the church. God does that. Man doesn't do that. There wasn't a church board that said, Pastor Joel, you go pastor. No, the head of the church said, Go pastor. I didn't want to do it. In fact, I'm speaking ball and and almost got. Got out of the well, they get out of the ground, got started getting sick because he didn't want to do it. Not because God was never getting sick, but simply I'll get on the devil's territory. But it, it, it wasn't the church board that called me, it wasn't the church board that called this couple, my wife, or anybody else from the ministry. It's the head of the church. He sat men in the church. That's three steps. He didn't ask me if it's okay to sit somebody in the church. And he didn't ask you if it's okay to sit somebody in the church. And it wasn't up to mom, and it wasn't up to grandma, and it wasn't up to anybody else. It was up to the head of the church. I'm going to go ahead and break this one. So, a man doesn't stand in many of us because he chose that work as a career. 
You know, people in the world, that's, that's, that's something they'll do. They'll just do something out of the career. That's fine. But ministries are in power and in anointing. And that's not a career, that's a calling. Amen. It's an endowment of the Spirit. It puts the in a certain office. And so, uh, when it comes to these things, uh, that, that, uh, this, those types different offices are diverse. The prophet is different from the prophet. The prophet is different from the pastor, so forth and so on. But they said, which one do we need? We need them all. We need them all. And there's still the church to them. Amen. Now, um, when it comes to these ministry offices, that's where I get the term that we titled this. Someone's anointed to help you. We know the anointing is in us to help us. There's no question we need to be taught the anointing, to look at the anointing of us. Because that'll get us over some hunks. Yeah, there's, there's some hunks we need to get over some back. And as you stir up the bread of the light, he'll, 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 uh, he'll, he'll raise you up. And a spiritual education and get you right past the right thing. We need to learn that. We need to learn about the Spirit of God on us and how He heals for those veterans that my wife is talking about. Uh, the second thing that feels that just keep on saying those things, but even they'll keep you filled. They were all filled in Acts 2 4 16. You know, this is time. Well, if you want to stay filled, stay filled. Stay in tongues, stay speaking in songs, learn some spiritual songs. Praise God. Somebody said, well, I don't sound too good. Well, shower it, don't care. <laughs> so he's doing it in private. Private time. Praise God. So these men are in the morning of God, set in the church. Uh, uh, God anoints them to minister not to themselves, but to minister to others. That's why I say somebody's anointed to help you. And so when it comes to these ministry offices, uh, that's why they're called ministers, because there's, there's something that is ministered from God through them. And God is you know, all from God. So we, we get the glory of God, but it comes from God through them. And under the Old Covenant, uh, the men didn't have the Holy Ghost put on the inside of them, and most of them didn't have the Holy Ghost the prophets. The king did, the prophets did, the priests did. But there was nothing that, uh, the Holy Ghost didn't live in the general uh, people of God. They, they weren't the people of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was in the temple down there at the, in Jerusalem. That's where the place of God was. But then when Jesus died, the veil of the temple was rent. Why? Jesus is saying it's open house. Anybody can come into the place of God now. And I'm not going to come out of the building in the, in the city building. And I'm going to live in them. Jeremiah yeah, prophesied. He said, I'll live in them and dwell in them. They'll be my people. I'll be their God. The greatest thing that is. In us, He is in us. We are the temple of God. All of us are have God in dwelt within us. And so that's different than the old covenant. God didn't dwell in them in the old covenant. In the today, He lives on the inside of us. And so we don't need to look externally for God. You understand that? He went with you right down there to the to the God. He goes with you everywhere you go. That's, that's scriptural in the New Testament. But that doesn't mean that he still doesn't visit people from the outside. Amen. Now, you know, we have to understand that that's not our, we, 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 uh, we uh, know he dwells at home on the inside of us, but that doesn't mean he still doesn't do what he did in the Old Testament, anoint people to minister to his people. Amen. And so it's a little like, uh, you know, the, 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 as far as where is the Holy Ghost? Number one, he's in us. Number two, if you're back out in the Holy Ghost, he's upon us. But this is a little like a little boy out there on the street with a big, you know, he sells newspapers and there's a big event and, and there's a big headline. That's to read all about it. 
that there's much revelation there. And so um, there's a reward, like I said, in Matthew 10, 41, for receiving the other members of the body. Everybody has something from God. I'm blessed by you. You're blessed by me. We all have something. Amen. That's good time you say amen, but you are a blessing. But said, why do you want me to encourage? Well, because you have something to offer the church. And we have something to offer you. And I found that people who don't receive neglect from the other parts of the body because they don't come together and say, yeah, now you're here this morning. I'm not, I'm not hitting on you, but I'm just talking about in general. People that don't gather together with other parts of the body, that's sort of long range of Christians, you know? They just say, I'm talking to women. Or one or two, but they're long range. They don't gather together with the other parts of the body. Usually, there's a spiritual deficiency in their lives. Amen. So they say, but I watch online. I, I watch Christmas online. Well, there's, there's verses I can just uh, blow holes through that. Not that it's wrong, but the Bible says the minister is to your faith. Paul said, perfect, Lord, please, I long to see you, that I might perfect to your faith and perfect what's lacking in your faith. He's writing a letter to them under inspiration of the Spirit, but he said, that's wrong. He's inspired by the Spirit. They're giving something out of that inspired word that he's writing. But he still said, there's things that I can't mention to you until I see your faith. Because it's an operation of the Spirit, but it's an operation, and you see somebody's faith, Spirit God moves on you, and says, go this direction, say this, they need this, they need encouragement here, so forth, so forth. But it doesn't work until you see your faith. And David went down there, or Samuel went down to David's house to find the king. Every time that Samuel stood before a man, the word of the Lord didn't come to him until he saw his face. And all he said is, that's not the one. Well, just tell me where it is. Just tell me who he is. Why don't you just go ahead and tell me the whole thing? But it didn't work. So he said, fine. He's not the one. What about this one? He's not the one. What about this one? He's not the one. He wouldn't, he wouldn't manifest until he stood in front of him. That's not the only way the Holy Ghost moves, but that is one way the Holy Ghost moves, and I want to be a part of all the ways the Holy Ghost moves. Amen. Jesus, when he saw the multitude, he moved with compassion. There's something about something that moved him when he saw them. Praise God. So I stream aside, but the dead back of the book to your face. Anyway, that's a short sermon that you really could be three weeks long. <laughs> But here, uh, you receive the prophet, and the prophet has the prophet's reward. Of course, there's more than just the prophet's office in the New Testament. But, uh, but there's equipment. That reward is that ministry, that equipment that God put on him to bless the body of Christ. That's working for us. Amen. Somebody said, well, he, he said there, uh, in fact, go to Matthew chapter number, uh, go to Matthew chapter number 9, I believe, Matthew 9, uh, number 36. So we're going to focus in on the pastoral office this morning. Matthew 9, 40, excuse me, verse 36. Matthew 9, 36. It says where Jesus, now he's traveling all around. The Bible says he's traveling from city to city, teaching, preaching, and doing. You can read that just before that. He's traveling, teaching, preaching, and doing. Notice, when he saw the multitudes, when he what? When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. So there was a seeing that, that started a moving. He saw them in the skin. They saw them that there was a moving uh, with compassion on them. And here's what? Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. They fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. So really, let's, let's look at this very carefully. And so uh, that's what belongs. Those two things belong to a, uh, a sheep who doesn't properly honor or receive a pastor. 
Amen. Number one, safety spiritually. Number two, scattered. Amen. Their, their lives are scattered. I've seen that over and over again. People come, would you pray for them? Would you pray for them? Well, tell me that. You know, before we pray. But yet, they really are missing what their real need is. They think their need is this, that, or the other. But their real need is to sit and get the word in church. Sit and have a pastor. Let him speak and preach the word of God, which will renew their mind. And that renewed mind will close the door to the devil. And the faith that is built by the word of God in that service will cause them to resist the devil. But see, they're weak. Weak in faith. So the devil gets in all different areas. And actually, the word scattered here, they think that if we're scattered, but she has no difference. The word scattered doesn't just mean wander off. I've passed her for over 20 years, I know she's wander off. But that's not what this talking about. It's scattered means chased by a predator. Predator, Satan is the one walking back to you and make it out. So those that don't have a pastor have a disadvantage. They're not being strengthened with the Word of God, and they're not, uh, they're not being strong in study. Stand up to him when he comes, and then say, I resist you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. There's a boldness that gets on you when the Word of God is in you. And you get the Word of God in you by sitting under the Word being preached and taught. And so, they, that's what belongs to people that don't have a pastor. Amen. So, really, uh, that's why we need to know what is on all these offices. Because if we know what's on these offices, we know what we can be talking about when we see them. We know what we can find by So, if I have a, if I have a, a pastor, what is my right? What, what can I expect that ministry in my life to do for me? I can expect to build me up so I don't take seriously. You see how that works? And then I can expect to be strong in faith, and where I can uh, uh, resist the devil when he comes. You don't resist him by, uh, you know, whatever not to your effort, or so what you resist is strong in faith. Strong in faith. So that message needs to be a part of wherever we go first. So, and it says here, um, that since he said they were scattered by his sheep, not having a shepherd. Notice he didn't say not having an apostle, or not having a prophet, or not having a Bible study, or not having a prayer group to go to. I'm not preaching against the apostle. You know how much I believe in him, you do not. I'm not preaching against the apostle. You know how much I believe in him, you do not. I'm not preaching against Bible studies, I'm not preaching against prayer groups. But see, if you have a local church, you'll have all of it. You'll have, you'll have all of it. If you have a pastor, you'll have all of it. That pastor will bring in the apostle. He'll bring in the prophet. He'll bring in the evangelist. He'll have prayer in the service, you know, in the time of prayer. He'll have Bible studies. He'll have all those things. Amen. So really, if you find the pastor, if you find where you sit in the body of Christ, then you'll have really the rest of the need that should be, as if that probably be received, the rest of the will be there. Now go to Mark chapter 6, verse number 39. Mark 6, 39. I'll tell you, to be honest with you, a pastor will protect you and will keep you safe from being tossed to and fro by all the wrong voices out there and the winds of doctrine that keep people unstable. I think some Christians, I don't mean to be graphic, but it's just kind of the way I think sometimes. Spiritually speaking, they're like somebody that has a stomach flu. I think they're sort of running the both ends. <laughs> I don't think they're But I think Christians like that. 
you're God. You're not your own stable. That you can't depend on them. You never know when they're going to, what they're going to do this or play that or do that. You never know if they're going to show up to church or not. You never know if they're going to even be a faithful head to you or not. Just going to run the book there. I don't know why I said that. Let's see the book behind you. All right. Matthew 6. I'm going fast here. I've got to get this up. Matthew 6, 39. I like this. This is the truth of 10 to 5,000. Well, it's very interesting. How many of you do all scriptures are inspired by the Spirit? All right. All right. So Matthew 6, verse number 39, Mark 6. Did I say Matthew? No, I meant to say Mark 6, verse number 39. And he said to 5,000, here's what it says in here. It says, And he commanded them to make all the disciples, well, they sit, make them sit down in about company upon the dirty earth. And they sat down in about 150. Now, notice when he said to 5,000, he sat them down in a company. If you read this whole thing, the way he did it was, so remember that little boy brought one, he took the little boy's life, fixed him and bread, and he blessed it, and then he broke it, and he gave some to God, and to Peter, and he was the twelve apostles, and they took it to the temple, and they handed it to somebody in the temple, somebody up front, so they would pass it down, and the apostles, they just went to the next temple. But every time that it was that what I believe when Jesus broke it, it multiplied. When the apostles broke it, it multiplied. And when these persons broke it, it multiplied. Hallelujah. How many of you know things don't multiply? Give them to yourselves. They multiply back to somebody else. And that's what was happening. They broke it, and they broke it, and they multiplied. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, we've got, we've got uh, Jesus breaking the physical bread, uh, the, the, the natural bread here, physical food for the body. So that's the same way he said that in all of this, he was an expression of God. All of it. All of it. Did God just write that little extra in there just because it's entertaining? Yes, sure. No. It's inspired by the Spirit. Why? Because when it comes to him distributing spiritual bread, whenever he ascends up to the right hand of the Father, he's going to do it the same way. He's going to do it the same way. He's going to take it to the pastors, break it, get to the pastors, and then he's going to get it out. You go over to the book of Revelation, the Bible says, to the church, and to the angels, and to the Greek word also translated as angels, are not men and men are not angels. But if you look at the word angel there, that word is translated as angel, but it's also referring to men on a few occasions. And it's actually the pastor. If you read the, the, the account of each church, so the angel of the church all, but for the night of Philadelphia, so forth, he said, right. And he wrote, and he took that message, that letter, to the pastor, literally, the pastor of that local church. And he said, the angel of the pastor of the church, and he wrote a letter. The pastor, he took that and distributed what the head of the church said to the people. Amen. That's the same way Jesus distributed spiritual bread. I mean, uh, natural bread, isn't it? So this is psychology. And so I want you to see that there in the book of Revelation, he didn't say to the Bible study at Thessalonica or to the prayer group at so-and-so. I'm not preaching at Bible study, I'm not preaching at prayer groups. But I'm simply saying, every God, it's obvious from the head of the church, from that, that, those, those writers in the book of Revelation, from the head of the church, he expected his people to be in a local church. Amen. I'm not saying there's not other ministries, there's other ministries. But see, that, that, that's not your nephew's either. Amen. I'm just going to go ahead and say it like the Bible says. You go over to the book of Acts, that go over there. Look at Acts chapter number 20. Acts chapter number 20, verse number 28. 
the sinners take heed therefore. Now I'll tell you what the sin Paul is about to leave them there on the list of Ephesus. And he had been there ministering, he had raised up these churches, he was an apostle and prophet, raised up churches. And he said, I'm, I'm going to leave you, I'm going back to where I was. And uh, he, he gathers the pastors together. If you read the whole account, he gathers the uh, pastors and gives us some elder representatives. I can put time on that too, and you see that scripture. But uh, they are the pastors, he gathers and God had a minister conference, you might say. And he just shared some things with them before he left. And then he said, I'm going to be going. And then he said, here in verse number 28, Acts 20. Verse 28, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to see the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Amen. The pastors are feeders. Amen. In other words, they see the sheep, the word of God. Now, you can just write this down, Jeremiah 3, 16, some verses that God gave me when God called me to pastor. Jeremiah 3, 16, I'll give you pastors according to my heart, Here's what God's heart is for His people. Pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. I don't want to go to a church where I don't get fed the Word of God or get knowledge of the Word of God. Well, there's just always somebody trying to get something going in the Holy Ghost. I believe in the Holy Ghost, but I believe in the Word first. If you want to know what comes first, this is the Word and Spirit church. But the Word is always first. So I give you that according to my heart, feeds you with your hamburgers and knowledge and understanding. Praise God. Look at Jeremiah 23, verse number 4. I know we're going to a lot of verses this morning, but this is just the way it's coming out. Jeremiah 23, 4. I'll set up shepherds over them which shall feed them. Feed them. Here's what it says. They shall not fear, fear no more, nor be dismayed. Not shall they be lacking, said the Lord, who they have known. So, what do you expect if you have a pastor? Do you expect to be strong in faith where you don't fear anymore? You're not discouraged anymore? You don't like it anymore? <laughs> I mean, that's not my word, that's what Jesus said. The name person. So, uh, these things belong to those who have a pastor. So, what belongs to people that don't have a pastor? They just get back off of them. Sheep need a shepherd. Honesty. Somebody said, you're bringing that up? Honesty. To me too. I have a pastor. Pastor Benny, I have a pastor. And they speak to God a lot. We we echo speaking to God a lot. They're the highest voice in the world. I don't uh, I don't say that I don't there's another little voice speaking in my life, but I'm very guarded as to uh, who I have speaking in my life. Because it's just like eating natural food. You get the wrong thing and you'll start writing up and thinking. But nobody here's trying to figure out what I'm saying. We all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And whoever God, see, this is a divine thing. This is not a man-made thing. A divine thing. Where does God divinely connect you with the body of Christ? Wherever the divine connection is, that's where the supply. And I'm telling you, where we, where, when God connected us to our pastor, uh, I'm telling you, I think Christ already said, well, you might say that's exaggerating, which I'm not, you know, being be, be dramatic, but I'm just telling you the fact. I'm just telling you, I'm just giving a couple of things. Praise God. Amen. I'm not just preaching this to you. I'm preaching this to me. This is me. What you do with it, speaking to God. I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of this. Praise God. So, uh, so really, this is, uh, this is something that uh, he tells us very clearly. We need a pastor. 
Now, the concert, the concert boy is the stabilizing boy. I've been around in the body of Christ now for a number of years, and I believe in the true office of the apostle, like you do in the true office of the prophet, and so forth and so on. But I know that the most flaky people of all gather around prophets. I don't say flaky. I think they're out of line with the word of God. And I just, I just believe that they have a pastor who's all about Thank God. I don't mean it's not true prophets. There are. I value them. I, I know I know some of them, and I value them. But my point is that uh, without a pastor and without somebody, the pastor is a stabilizing force. The pastor is sort of like, and I don't mean it sounds weird, but it's sort of like the modern day pastor. Yeah, and the believers what? If somebody, if somebody's willing to say, okay, now I thought about this, you know, I know you went to that meeting and you got all excited, but you thought about this in the Word of God. Oh, no, I didn't think about that. No, of course, you didn't, but you got away from your question. Amen. Amen. I'm leaving right after this. So, I don't know how many people like this, but this will save my bacon. I don't know if you know what your bacon is, but it's just one way you just get it. You just want to be protected. Amen. So, if you can tell the pastor, oh, God, you're not going to connect you to one, and you're not going to have but see, we receive this pastor, and we have these things. We don't think we're not scattered. We don't do, we're not discouraged. We're full of faith. We can resist the devil. There's no wrath. Praise God. We find out our rights and privileges in Christ. And so, uh, shepherds are fingers. Praise the Lord. Now, um, so let's look here in Acts chapter number 4, verse number 23 and 24. I'm getting to something. Your, your picture that you today. Acts 4, 23 and 24. I like this passage. Uh, uh, well, I came up in spiritual things. Brother Hickson was always referring to this. It just, it just got, me, got me thinking about that. Verse number uh, 23 and 24. This is after Paul, I mean, uh, Peter and John, because we were, but they had enough to preach in one reason. And so, you know, they're being persecuted. And being let go, they've been beaten. Being let go, they went to their own company. So they've been arrested there. And when they got released, they went to their own company. Uh, underlined that, their own company. And they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said under them. It was not our congratulations come next week, we want to give you the keys of the city or anything. I mean, they were persecuted. They reported all the chief priests and elders said under them. And when they heard that, the whole church, when they that company heard that. They lifted up their voice to God, all of them, with one accord. In other words, in unity, God. They lifted up their voice to God in one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, you read the prayer. He was praying, said, Lord, you spoke the word, and you gave the request. He said, Behold, they threatened you, and ran them without service. But they had no boldness. Then you see, I not just Peter and John here. This is all that company. They're all praying together. And the Lord beholds the great man that serves from boldness, and they speak that word, but cut the fourth by him, and he'll stop the words, and they've done the name of the Holy Son of Jesus. And then they had friends, look at this, the place was sinful, where they were assembled together. That means they're going into the power of God itself. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Woo, glory. Did you see that? They were all filled. They were gotten filled in Acts chapter number 2, verse number 4. Here's chapter number 4, and verse number 31. And they're filled, and they're getting filled with the Holy Ghost again. In fact, this is where the Holy Ghost is offered. It's not a one-time thing. 
with the BD, it's the BD, BD continually to And part of the BD is getting around a bunch of other people that know how to pray the power of God. Especially whenever you're persecuted and your back's against the wall. The devil says, boo, and you're scared. Get in your company. Look, throw your love with us. Get around other believers. And well, they can get, get, get you, get you, get the power of God on you again. Before you came in, just not sure what the devil, and you know, the devil's whipping and he's beating me, but it's time to serve us, throw me, and we're looking for the devil. Where's he at? Where's he at? Hallelujah. Before you know it, you're, you're fired up, and you got something you got in the middle of a bunch of people that knew how to pray the power. That's what a local church is. And so they, they, they prayed in the place of Satan where they were sent to go. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and speak the Word of God with vengeance. And if you go over there, on down through there, you'll find this mighty signs and wonders. Uh, uh, verse number, verse 3, the great power and the apostles, witness of the resurrection and the, of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Thank God. And there was, there was signs and wonders over in the fifth chapter, signs and wonders. So they were commanded not to preach anymore, but in that meeting together with the other believers who used their faith to get the power of God down there on them, they got refilled. They got bold. And they went out to do what God called them to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, when we go back there, it all started back there in verse number, uh, where, did, where did that start there? Acts chapter number 4, verse 23. It says in verse 23, being let go, they went to their own company. Now, I'm not going to your own company. How many of you know there are many? I'm sure you're here, you can't say I know some. Because I know a lot more than I know about the many good churches. But how many of you know just because there's many good churches doesn't mean not your own company? Everybody needs their own. They're, they're, a good one doesn't, doesn't mean that, 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 that we're saying that. We're just simply saying God's doing us a disappointment here. So, there's people that God's going to connect with this assignment, just like we connect with other assignments. And that's their own company. And we're, we need them to be doing what, they, what they're doing, and we need them to be faithful, we need to pray for them and so forth. So, but, but see, you need your own company. All of us need our own company. There's many good companies that God gave you your own. And wherever your own is, assemble there, unite there, and be in one accord there. And pray there. Believe in God there. Pray for one another. Amen. And here's something I like about this text. Here is God in heaven. They're out there preaching and teaching. They're out there boldly ministering, flowing with the Holy Ghost, signs and wonders. God keeps getting saved. Different things happen. <laughs> and, uh, but they, they, uh, you know, they got whipped. Anybody ever gotten whipped before? They not physically, but uh, but spiritually. I mean, they'll just whoop you, just just beat you. I'm not saying you had the right to do it, but for some reason or another, there you were. And so uh, they came back to their own company uh, because they come to the end of their own faith. They're, they're still the end faith, but they came back for uh, the faith of others. Because the local company is a the Bible calls us a household of faith. A household of faith. And so, whenever you come to your own faith, maybe you didn't will, maybe stuff's going on, and the devil is messing with your mind, harassing you, beating you around, kicking you down, kicking you from pillow to post. You get to the end of your own faith. But you know, you can come and gather up stuff 
the blessing of other people's faith. Amen. How many of you know your, your faith is not an endless supply? We all have a measure of faith. But aren't you glad we can tap into, although our faith is a limited supply, a measure, aren't you glad that you, you can tap into other people's? Praise God. They are around you in a local church that you call home. And that, the faith of that company connected together with yours will take you further than you could go on your own. Boy, I love some magic about that. Dear Lord, I think sometimes, I don't know if I, don't know if I can properly describe the blessing of the connection that God made in fact today that I love. And what that does to keep us going. To keep us going. Amen. If you have no local church or your own company, and you're not connected to uh, where you belong, then you don't have that supply of other people's stuff. Now, over in Mark chapter number 6, go over there. Mark chapter number 6. Everybody still loves me? Nobody's mad. You, you lay down your rotten tomatoes, right? <laughs> Mark chapter number 6. This is uh, an illustration of this. This is uh, powerful in my eyes here. But in Mark chapter number 6, the Bible says, in, in that hometown there, it's a from hometown, I believe it's verse number 5. Mark chapter 6, in verse number 5. He could there do no mighty work, so he laid his hands upon a few sick folks and healed them. And he marveled them because of their unbelief. He went around about the village of Jesus. You look at the whole context. You go back to verse 1, which we don't take time for, but you read the whole thing. They knew him after the flesh that he had grown up in that area. And so they knew him after the flesh. You know, this is the book of Jesus. He grew up in the sandbox, but then he's my son Joshua or whoever, you know, and they just knew him after the flesh. But so now the anointing has come upon him. And now, see, see, he's not just. Jesus is the same as anybody. Many of you know he was always the divine son of God, but maybe they didn't recognize that. But Jesus now, the Lord has come on him to stand in place of ministry. And he says, I've got that happened in John, John's baptism, and really goes to the Spirit of the Lord's army. Remember that? And from that time on, he began to preach, saying, The Spirit of the Lord's army, Luke 4 says, and he ignored me. And he told people what that anointing would do. Well, some people got happy, some people got mad. Well, we know who he is. Who do you think he is? We know him. We grew up. I grew up there in the Pentecost. Or something like that. You know, still today, we don't hunger. But the Bible says, no, no man after the flesh. You can know people after the flesh and get what the flesh has to offer. But you know people after the spirit, whoever they are. There's a divine, something divine from God on them. Amen. And if you recognize and discern, the Bible says, over First Corinthians 11, that we're to discern the body of Christ. That means we're to perceive who these connections are in the body of Christ. So, of course, we recognize everybody in the body of Christ. But not everybody is divinely connected directly. Maybe indirectly, of course, we're all one body, right? We're all connected indirectly. But take my shoulder, for example. My, 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 my right arm doesn't have very much... Uh, much fellowship at all with my left big toe. Are you still there? But it has a lot of fellowship with my shoulder, with my right shoulder. Right? And that's the way about the body of Christ is. There are people that when you meet them, you thank God for them. You know that little toe. God has a big toe, but I'm not a little toe. That little toe, do you realize that God doesn't have a little toe? He has a trouble balance. You know? And you just 
working. But I don't feel like I'm going to my arm. My arm needs that toe to be working, but this arm doesn't have my toes to that toe. But that toe's not working, and I'm lacking in something. I'm lacking in something. So we need the whole body of Christ, but we don't have direct Verses that talks about this, and uh, I'm 
looking for my notes here. I just, it just came up in my spirit. Deuteronomy chapter number one, first of all. Deuteronomy chapter number one. And, uh, Deuteronomy 1.20, he says, Whither shall we go up? The children of Israel said this to one another. Whither shall we go up? Our brethren shall discourage our hearts, saying, The people of Jerusalem are all in the way of the city, the great water, the great world. We have, uh, uh, we have seen the sons of the Enochians. So notice that our brethren discourage, discourage our hearts. You know, the people you have with can either encourage you or discourage you. But in Deuteronomy 20, verse number 8, when they went to battle, this is what the officers were saying before they went out to the battle. This is Deuteronomy 20, verse 8. And the officers, before they go to battle, were to say to the soldiers, Speak further unto the people, they shall say, What man is there that is fearful and such hearted? Let him go and return unto his house. Now here's what. Let his brethren's heart faint as well as his. In other words, that would if you feel fear, that'll spread. You know, there's one thing, one thing to be in a foxhole that shells explode overhead. It's another thing to be a clock full of shells floating over the head and you're dying to die. You're going, we're all going to die, we're all going to die. Well, see, you just want to hit that the button, you're going to go, boom, and knock it out. So if you're scared, it's a second year. <laughs> so, so they said, well, before we go to battle, who's afraid? I am. He said, just go ahead and go home. Just go ahead and go home. They would rather go to battle with fewer soldiers, full of faith, than with a whole bunch full of faith. And they didn't want that fear to spread, so they said, fear, we can just go home. <laughs> well, hallelujah. Well, who you then with will affect you. Fear is contagious. Faith is true. You have around people of faith. You just get an attitude. Remember when they arrested the apostles, Paul and Peter and John, they took knowledge of them and said, once they had been, when they saw the movement, they took knowledge that they were Jesus. They recognized that they'd been around Jesus. He was bold. He wasn't afraid. <laughs> and what the disciples on the mountain had forgotten on them. Embarrassing them. Praise God. That's what they said even in the world. I heard somebody in the world say one time, you tell me who your closest five friends are, I'll tell you where you're going in life. Hallelujah. It, it, it matters to me because I've got to finish my course, so it matters to me who I am or not. I'm not saying you, 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 you and I are supposed to be isolating ourselves from everybody. How many of you know we're not starting a convent here or a monastery where we're all going to get in there and hold up and never see anybody in the way? No, we're going to go out and get the salt and the light, right? But I'm not talking about I'm not talking about ministry, I'm talking about fellowship. Biblically, fellowship and ministry. But it's a different fellowship, it's a two-way fellowship. It's a one-way fellowship. Now, you and I can fellowship with people that have something that we want to partake of. You know what you fellowship with, you partake of. But fellowship, it's a two-way. Somebody will say something and you can receive it, and you can say something and they can receive it. 
can you can be a blessing to them, but you got to guard yourself. You can't tell them, right? I'm not trying to get you confused. I'm just making it as simple as I can. So, but, but ministry is just one way that you can minister to them. Praise the Lord. Well, so uh, you guys came this morning. Now, especially in these last days, I've got to I've wrap this up because the Lord put this on my heart right before I speak church. There's many things we could say about this, but we need to wrap it up. Um, over, go, go to Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 25. We'll introduce this with this, and then we'll close. Hebrews 10, 25. I feel like a little strong this morning, but praise God. I'm going to say something the Lord put on my heart. Up to you, whatever you want to say. Hebrews 10, God not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some people. Now, let me stop right there. The internet has done much to cause people to start doing that. They didn't have internet. And I don't know if you're in my, in my view of the internet, the internet is weak stream, so you understand that I'm not against it. We use it. Uh, we have people from all over the world watching our lives. So it's done God's work. Well, I found the internet is a great blessing. It's a great personal It's a great blessing because you can reach more people. But to go to church, people say, well, I don't need to go to church. I'll just sit at home. Well, that's valid in this book. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a man of some people, but exhorting one another. Exhorting one another about what? About what he just said. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. And so much the more. Exhort each other even more. You see the day approaching. I mean, I see the day approaching. What I'm talking about is Jesus coming back. I see the day approaching. In fact, me and my friends are starting to discuss how many years since we got <laughs> We're not setting dates because nobody knows the day right now. Nobody can set it. But we're, we're looking at that. I don't know. I, I, I mean, you know, look at this side, this side, this side, and then things manifesting. Amen. We see that now the Antichrist is starting to come on the same thing. There might not be things that have been placed yet, but there's things that, that uh, you know, are being set up for. This one world currency stuff, that's another step towards it. And uh, the digital currency stuff, another step towards it. I'm not afraid, I'm just, but I don't even know who they would do it in his time. Not in our time. All right, this is our time. This is the truth of it. But whenever we get out of here, he'll come on the street, and things will be nice to have them set up for. But see, I just think that's been a focus. So what do I do? I think more and more and more I gather together with other believers. People that don't gather together with other believers don't know what time it is. But if they knew what time it was, they would know what to do. But see, they're drunk on others like cars and things and worldly things, and they're not aware of the time of how close Jesus' return really is. When the Lord called me to minister, he said, you guys are way back at the time, and you're, well, I think I'm about years old. He said, don't tell my people I'm coming through. Tell them to get ready. And that's, that's a whole sermon itself. But, now, notice this with the day. When you see the day approaching, that's the return of Jesus. In other words, the more you see the day approaching, honor more and more the local church. Honor the local church more and more. This is the big factor in whether people are ready to meet Jesus. The local church is a place of getting ready to meet Jesus. The local church is a place of the washing of the water of the Word, which is the Psalm 26 talks about this. Amen? It's where people are prepared, and they're washed from the pollutions of the world, and where they're, they're uh, prepared for the work of the ministry, according to Jesus, at 4. And they're separated from their own places through the washing of the Word and over into God's place. 
and his time. See, it says, and that's the verse that said on the person in Cedar Rapids, and that said, said in the word, they realized, wait a minute, I put my own interpretation on what God's plan for me was. I took what's stirring in my heart and directed it toward the natural realm. But never actually, it was a qualified for ministry. I still look at two of them right here. I didn't do that. I didn't tell him that. I didn't say, well, you're on the wrong track. But I said, that was the word. That did something to do. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, 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 I put my own interpretation. So praise God. Amen. Amen. There's probably not a day that a bride does more to get herself ready than the day of her wedding. In fact, it starts weeks before the wedding. But how many of you know we're about to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb? We need to start getting ready. Praise God. And uh, that process involves, according to Jesus, I'm going to take the watching of the watch of the world. That's how we're, we're supposed to get ready and be about this business. It's about the king's business. Praise the Lord. Um, according to the Ephesians, or excuse me, according to 1 John 2 20, there will be people in the body of Christ who will stand before him all right. But not with confidence. Don't sit before and listen. Amen. They may they're in the they're in they're 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 there in the marriage circle that, but they won't be confident because see there's something that they didn't fulfill that they should have done. Well, that's how you get that's what you do with the local church. Now, there's something else here. I want to wrap this up. I'll share this story after you have that one with God. Um on August the seventeenth of uh, two thousand fourteen. That was uh, a final prayer for me because on that particular day, I was uh, I was uh, praying about some things, and actually, then that night I went to sleep. And when I went to sleep, um, I had a dream that night. Um, so in the dream, I'm standing, I, I, I walked out of the church building. I walked like that same building was back here, and I walked out the front door. I walked out, and I walked out, and there's a street right in front of the church building, and it's running from the west to the east. And there's this, this wide street, and there's people milling around. And uh, I even noticed some of our people milling around because I'm on the other side of the street over there. Uh, and uh, I've noticed something unusual about them, and I'll tell you something in a minute. But as I walked out in this dream, and you know, not every dream they have is from God. I dream one time that they were getting ready to back off in the space shuttle, and the, and the, and the captain couldn't do it. They grabbed me and put me in there. I'm like, ah! And I woke up and I said, no, that's not from God. <laughs> not every dream you have is from God, but this one was from God. And you can tell. I just went and said, but anyway, I'm not that. So I walked out, and I'm looking, and I, and I did this, and off to the west with two I couldn't tell what they were like, but they had distance, it looked like big bulls. But, but they're, they're full speed running down the street. And there's people, and I'm thinking, my goodness, there's people going to hurt. And, and you can see, I thought they looked like bulls, but they got closer. They were looking more like a rhinoceros. And they were coming full speed, one by one yard to the other. And they're running down the, down the middle of the street. And whenever they got close, let's say, like the brethren were telling the predecessors right over there, they, the first one, I mean, he knew, I'm standing right outside the door of the church, and 
old vineyard, the fruitless vineyard, that tried to be made of the church. But I'm standing there, and they were not permitted to come across me. And so, they were not permitted, so the beer that comes for me, and then last, last minute, went around me. And there was a, sort of some walls over a portion of the church. And the second hit that wall, brick wall, and demolished it. Couldn't get in the church, didn't mess up the church, but the front of it was demolished. And then he went on around the church, and he came back. I thought, you know, that's a fucking picture. It looked like a right off but it was a, it was a, and uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm right off the side of this small anyway, but it's not. And there were clothes. Actually, you couldn't see the eye, but you could see a little round, like a raisin behind the eyeball. I mean, behind the eye, like, like there wasn't much of an eyeball there. Just like a raisin. I don't know how to say that. It's not. And then the second one, he's a poster. And he tried to get into the church and wasn't committed. And uh, because I'm standing there. And then he went around me and went on down the church. I mean, excuse me, down the street. And I woke up. And he said, I'm still glad that you didn't put the faith note. And somebody said, well, I've been praying for four years. I've got that dream. I've been praying for four years. I've been praying for four years. I've been praying for four years. And the Holy Ghost is very well. What is it about? It's just from God. Y'all still here? So, I said, uh, I said, Lord, I said, what is that? He said, pray against me. I'm about to say, thank you. He said, those are, he said, those two creatures were experiencing a strong delusion in the last day. And he said, your target is the local church. The churches that have a strong pastor who preaches and preaches the word, they can't get into the local church. And he said, you notice their eyes. I said, that was the thing that stood out for me the most, their eyes. Their eyes are closed, but you can tell behind their eyes. You see, just nearly like a little red thing. It's all tied up, you know. And then they couldn't see, obviously, they couldn't see. But uh, he said, he said, those are spirits of strong delusion who deceive people through blindness. They blind people's spiritual eyes. He said, they themselves were blind. He said, they were running from the west to the east. He said, when you run from the west to the east, you actually are losing time. You have a phone overseas to Europe, you lose time. Six, seven hours, you don't know where you're at. He said, they thought they were in a hurry because they're going about in a hurry in the last days because they know their time is short. But he said, they're trying to gain time, but they're going the wrong way. He said, the reason they're going the wrong way is they're deceived. If you want to save time, you go to the west. <laughs> but they're trying to avoid what's coming. What's coming is their destruction. Amen. And he said, but the people that have a local have a pastor and that a strong local church that preaches and teaches the word of God, they'll be safe from those spirits of strong delusions in the last day. Woo! I tell you, the church is a safe place. The church is a safe place. Because there's a lot of things hitting dark people out there all week long. And uh, we need to be guarding our hearts, you understand. They get right on the other hand. It's out there. But thank God for the local church. Praise the Lord. Say amen if you can. Amen. These things were big. I think they were probably, if I were to estimate, I didn't have any resurrection, if I were to estimate, I think it would be two thousand. Because this thing was huge. And he said, that you can see when they were hitting this little wall here in front of the church, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, destroyed. That's a huge creature that can do that. And I think that they must have been two thousand. It's huge. That's the group. Well, outside of the street, outside of the building, across the street, I noticed that some of the people that I recognize as being part of my church back there. 
And they're over there, they're just sort of milling around. And I noticed all of them were sort of walking around like this. Just sort of walking around like this. And, and those creatures, they were very much in danger of those creatures. Amen. And I said, what was that for people? I saw some of our people. He said, you ever seen somebody walking down the street that's blind because they're not looking but they're looking up? He said, those were people that were yielding to the spirit of deception in your church. He said, but they're already starting to be deceived and they can't see spiritually and not get to the outside where they can't see spiritually. Amen. But if you didn't see how the word came, hallelujah. Uh, we need to emphasize the closer we get to the end times, you know, that we, we are in the end times, but the closer we get to the end, we need to emphasize the local church. It's a safe place. Hallelujah. Over there in Ephesians, you can stand with me. But in Ephesians 4, he talks about the fivefold ministry offices. And he says that he gives us sort of protecting the saints, the work of the ministry, the edifying of the body of Christ. That we all come in the unity and faith and knowledge of the Son of God and the perfect and of the measure of stature of fullness of Christ. We know more children come to and fro. Carried about with every wind of doctrine and cunning craftiness where by that I may be deceived. That kicked in the truth and let grow up. Then he has a lot of wind of doctrine out there. A lot of goofy stuff. Unscriptural stuff. You understand? I don't know about you, but uh, I want to be kept in all of that. I don't want to have to be kept down for preaching all of that. I don't want to get, I don't want that stuff on the inside of me. So I have a pastor. I have somebody that speaks in another, and they can speak anything they want to. And I told them, the pastor and I told them, anything you want to say, well, we, we want to be kept. We want to be protected. Praise God for that. Divine connection. Divine relationship. Amen. Not to glorify anybody, not drawing attention to a man or a woman or anybody like that, but just simply magnifying the supply that God has made available to us in the body of Christ. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. It is so protected, took so much protection, so safe for us. Father, thank you for the great privilege of being in the local church in the last days. Hallelujah. For gifts, from unusual things and the things of our day that are going around. We're blessed, Father God, by your plan. Your plan is a safe place, a safe place. We're grateful, Father God, for the honor of your body and the fellowship of your people. Thank you, Father God, for the word of God that we've heard this morning. We're not just hearers, we're doers of it. Father, wherever we all fit, we might be here, might be somewhere else, wherever we fit, Father, we will go and stay in foot to where we belong. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for it, Father. We are, we are grateful for the plan of God. In Jesus' name. Your word is elect to us. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you in the name of Jesus. I, I guess it's coming up in my spirit. If you had something opposing you, I guess in one sense this could be all those here. But, but it seems like there's some that are specifically being extra opposed in one way or another. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to tell me what it is. But there's just something just dogging you, hounding you, you know, opposing you, opposing you in your spotlight, or opposing your forward progress or something, and you'd like a breeze. And I want to make up something that this morning to agree with you. Come on forward if you would like. Amen. 
my wife and I, and uh, Brother Andre, I believe, will help us. Hallelujah. You don't have to tell us what it is, but it's just kind of between you and the Lord. I don't know if you know the Bible says, the two of you agree on the subject. Anything they have to say to each other. I'm a believer of you, but sometimes impartations that are made to the people's spirit to strengthen Praise the Lord.
Hallelujah. 